Good morning. This has been quite a week, and I feel that it's best if we just pause right now for a moment of prayer and give you a moment of silence to center your heart in the Lord, tell the Lord you love Him, and lift up whatever need, and then I'll pray. Let's pray. Lord God Almighty, we bow before you in this holy place and at this holy moment to express to you that we do love you and we thank you for loving us. Lord, our world is broken and you know that. This past week, we here in our country celebrated and remembered the uh, 9-11 incident and we again were reminded of evil and tragedy in our world and those who have been hurt and the dysfunction of our world and even as we remember that moment, Lord, uh, we think of those who are in conflict around the world and where uh, pain and suffering continue. Here at home, Lord, in Texas and in Chatsworth, more tragedy. We think of individual friends and family members who are stressed today. And we lift them all up to you. We lift ourselves and our world to you and pray your touch upon us. Father, in this moment, we are here to worship you, and we want to do that now. So receive our worship throughout this hour. Speak to our hearts. We open ourselves to you. Lord, may we actually be different, because we came here today and spent this hour with you and with your people, with your word, with your spirit. We open our hearts to you. We ask you to speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. How is your... Love life. Anybody want to talk about that with me? Because that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. How is your love life? Now, as we begin, I need a dollar bill. Anybody here give me a dollar bill? You'd volunteer to do that. Noel's giving me a dollar. Thank you, Noel. I appreciate it. Now, a couple of questions. Noel has given me this dollar bill. And uh, won't even buy a cup of coffee. But uh, that's not Noel's fault. Noel has given me this dollar bill. Why could he do that? Why could he do that? He had it, first of all. He opened his wallet and he had a dollar in there. That's true. What else? I had a need. Okay, what else? He trusts me. Okay. You're missing the big point here. Why did he give me this dollar bill? I asked, but he didn't have to give me because I asked. He's generous. He knows me. Oh, I've got all afternoon. I'm gonna. Why did he give me that dollar bill? He had it in his pocket. That's one reason. He loves me. He's generous. Saw I needed it. Didn't cost much. All that's true. He gave cheerfully. Yeah, he's got a smile on his face. When I asked for a dollar bill, many of you sat there. You have a dollar bill in your pocket, right? Am I right? Yeah, okay. But you didn't what? But before giving, you have to do something else. 
He thought about it. Now we're on the right track. He thought about it. You thought about it, but you didn't. Well, I'll quit stalling here. You didn't choose to open your wallet or your purse and give me the dollar bill. You didn't make a choice. Now, many of you are sitting there with a dollar in your pocket, but you chose not to respond for whatever reason, and it doesn't matter. But I'm coming to a point here, and that is you cannot give what you do not have. If you didn't have a dollar today, you didn't respond because you don't have a dollar. That's pretty easy to understand. But if you had a dollar and didn't respond, you didn't respond because you chose not to respond for whatever reason. Is that accurate? Now, thank you for helping me out, Noel. Last week, I talked to you about love, and we're talking about our theme, Connect 360. And as we talk about that theme, these, this word and this number, Connect 360, what's that supposed to do for us in 2008? It's to help us to grow, and it's to remind us to, what's it to remind us of? To connect. Where's the bulletin? Let's look at the front of your bulletin. What's that supposed to remind us of? As you look at that. Well, I think we're going to have to lengthen this series here. To connect with God, to connect with our church, to connect with our community, connect with ourselves. It's just to remind us that God has us in the connection business, okay? Now, last Sunday, the best I'm able, I tried to expressed to you that God loves you. You are accepted in Jesus Christ. And the reason we stressed that was because I said in the future, I'm going to talk to you about loving others, right? And I said, you cannot give what you don't have. And if you don't feel God's love, the most important thing I can say to you today is that I want you to work on receiving God's love. God loves you. And I'm not going to go back to last week, but that's all we said last week. God loves you. I want you to know that. But if you really don't believe God loves you, you cannot do anything else that I'm talking about today or next Sunday. Now, if you believe God loves you and you would say, Steve, I really do know God loves me, then it's like the dollar in your pocket. You have to make a choice whether or not you're going to give that love away. And you make that choice every day. In fact, you make it many times a day. You're going to choose. Am I going to be loving and connect or not? Am I going to give the dollar or withhold the dollar? Now, last Sunday, I said to you, God's love is like a magnet. And I encouraged you. Here we go. Uh, You have a worship folder. Some of this stuff is in that uh, outline. God's love is like a magnet. And I encourage you that God attaches himself to us. Like a magnet, God draws us to himself. Secondly, we said God's love is like, does anybody remember the other two? Honey, thank you. God's love is like honey, it's sweet, it lasts forever, it's just great stuff. I know not everybody likes honey, but uh, work with me here. God's love is like honey, it's it's wonderful. And then lastly, we said God's love is like a wedding ring. God makes a covenant of love, of unconditional love to us. And we talked about that a little bit. So I wanted to encourage you that God loves you. Now, having said that, this morning we come back to Connect 360 And I want to talk to you about loving God. In other words, our connection back to God. And if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to turn to Matthew chapter 22. I think it's on page 24 if you want to use one of the Bibles in front of you. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 24, 
I would, I want to, uh, or, or chapter 22, rather, uh, I want to look at a couple of things. Of course, Jesus is talking, and as you open the Bible to Matthew 22, you see it says a kingdom, it's the um, story or the parable of a wedding banquet. And Jesus is talking, and he's teaching about um, his kingdom. And in this story, he talks about a wedding, and everybody's invited to the wedding. Lots of people are invited, but some people get kicked out. And it's, it's a rather offensive story. It's a little bit like if I started talking to you today about a healthy diet and healthy living, and I said, by the way, here's a set of bathroom scales, and I want you to all line up and come across, and we're going to weigh you. How many people do you think would be coming forward? They'd all stand up, and there'd be a mass, you know, we'd all be going out the back door, wouldn't we? I mean, that's just downright offensive. Well, that's a little bit like what Jesus did in this story. He kind of ticked people off. It was a little bit like saying, hey, let's get on the scale. And so at the end of the story, people are pretty upset. Now, what's interesting is, as you look at the rest of Matthew chapter 22, in verse 15, there's a question. And what's interesting is there are four questions that make up the rest of the chapter. Now, that's very interesting because some of you will remember that in the Old Testament, there's the story about the, the people of God being in Egypt. They were slaves. They were there for a long time. Finally, God brought them out of Egypt. And you read about that in the Exodus. And in Deuteronomy, as it, the book opens, they've come out of Egypt, and Moses has received the Ten Commandments, and he gives them to the people of God, and he says, if you will just observe these commandments, if you will obey God, God's going to bless you. He's got this new land for you. It's wonderful. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 6, he kind of summarizes it all. Now, the, by saying, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's our theme verse. And Moses gave that to the people. Now, the Jews celebrate Passover. That's to remind them of the commandments and the exodus coming out of Egypt. God saved us, and they celebrate that. Now, the interesting thing is, when they gather around this great, elaborate Passover feast, there are four questions. And generally, they come from the children or something like that. The first question is about the Torah or the law. The second question is kind of a riddle. The third question is probably from one of the sons around the table. And the last question is asked by the father back to the family. So you picture the Jews sitting around Passover, and there's four questions. Isn't it interesting, as we come to Matthew chapter 22, there's four questions. And the first one is a question, it's sort of a political question about the law and uh, Caesar. It's a question about taxes, and the Pharisees bring it up and they ask Jesus, should we pay taxes? Jesus answers. The second question is from a totally different group, the Sadducees, and it's a bit of a riddle. They're making fun of Jesus. They don't even believe in the resurrection, but they ask him about the resurrection. He answers. And then the third question, which we're going to come back to, is put by a Pharisee or a lawyer, and it's again about the law, and it's the question... What's the greatest commandment? If you summarized this whole Old Testament, what's the best verse in the Bible would be another way to ask it. Or what's the number one commandment? And that's asked of Jesus, and he answers. And then in verse 41, at the end of the chapter, we read these words. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, <clears throat> Jesus asked them a question. He turns it around and says, what do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? And he begins to question them. 
This morning, in the midst of these, I want to center on the one answer Jesus gave to the third question when he was said, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, the greatest commandment is what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And this morning, that's that's all we're going to chew on. I don't know if you call it a light lunch or not, but that's all we're going to think about. Love the Lord your God. And Moses and Jesus are saying the same thing. When I say to you, heart, what do you think of when you hear the word heart, you know? Love? Compassion? What else? What? Authentic? It's a little difficult to, to separate out heart, soul, mind. But, of course, we have a heart, a physical organ called a heart. But we understand Jesus wasn't really talking about that which pumps blood in your body. And we talk about a heart, and you can say someone is hard-hearted or they're cold-hearted. What do you mean? Well, our heart seems to have to do with our affection, our passion, our emotion. We talk of athletes, well, she really has heart, or they don't have heart. And when someone's hard-hearted or cold-hearted, we seem to think, well, they're... They have a stony heart. In fact, the Bible talks about a hard or a stony heart. And that's a heart which doesn't have passion. It's cold. It doesn't, it's not moved by things which ought to move us. And so the Lord says that we're to love God with all our heart. Now, do you think it's fair to uh, paraphrase that and say that means we are to love God with all our affection or all our passion? Would that be legitimate? I'm to be passionate in my love for God. Do you buy that? you think that's fair? Yeah, it is. So he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. And this morning as you worship, and we're going to have another chance to sing, think about that. Are you loving God with all your heart? Are you passionately loving the Lord this morning? Now, the next thing he said, love the Lord with all your soul. This one's a little tougher. What do we mean by soul? Well, sometimes we say when a person dies, their soul has left or their spirit has left. And so it's just a body. The soul is gone. The soul seems to speak of our life center. And so we talk, he says, love the Lord your God with all your life. That which you have, your soul, that which uh, resonates in you as your life. And then the last word he uses about love is what? Mind, that's an interesting one. Now, in the Scripture, David is a great example of somebody who loved God with his heart and with his soul. Listen to a couple of verses I want to read for you. Uh, it says that David gave thanks to the Lord with all his heart in Psalm 9.1. The Bible says that David had, uh, he held God with integrity in his heart. The Bible says that... Um, Of David, David said this in Psalm 108, My heart is steadfast, O God, I will sing and make music with all my soul. So, I wonder, are we going to sing with all our soul in a few moments when we sing? With all our heart. And then our mind. What do we mean by mind? This is probably the easier one to talk about. Uh, I've never said to my wife, I love you with all my mind. In fact, I was thinking about um, when I fell in love, we talk about falling in love. I fell in love with Joyce with my lips. 
Where's Doris Christ? Can, Doris, can I talk about this in church? You think when we've dated, is that, I think she's given me an approval. I don't know. Be, we'll be okay? I remember when I first met my wife, I had moved back to this little community, and I was in high school, senior year, and I was in a play. Ted, did you, where's Ted? Did you, did you hear that? I was in a play. They didn't let me sing. I was an angel, actually, which meant I was, didn't have any lines, I think. Um, anyhow, we were in play practice and rehearsal. We had a break. I went outside, and um, Joyce was riding around with Ronnie Hockman in a 56 Chevy. I remember that. And we had met each other a little bit. I really didn't know her very well. I guess I knew her. I don't know what we'd been dating or not. But anyhow, what I remember about that moment was that when I had to go back into play practice, this was in the evening, uh, she leaned out the window and kissed me on the lips. And that's about all I thought about the rest of the day. Now, here's the deal. Um, growing up in First Baptist Church of Warsaw, having gone there, there was a young lady who came every summer, lived with her grandma. Her name was Janelle, and we dated some. We hung out together. Now, what if I said, you know, after Joyce and I had been dating for a while, Joyce, I really love you, but in my mind I'm always thinking about Janelle. Does that work? That doesn't work. <laughs> It'll get you in a lot of trouble if you said it, if you're that stupid to say it. But uh, reality-wise, if you're really in love with someone, they get in your mind, don't they? They get in your head. What we love doesn't stay in our heart and our soul. It gets in our head, doesn't it? We think about it a lot. Now, Jesus is repeating the words of Moses, and he says the best thing you can do in life, the number one commandment, the greatest commandment, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. So I ask you today, how is your love life with the Lord.
morning. My name is Tommy Coppers. I am a senior at Azusa Pacific University. Um, I'm an amateur theologian. I am passionate about being here and helping out, um, but I'm also passionate about loving God, as we were talking about. And um, I'm not here to give another sermon, because I am not that prepared, and nor do you want to hear me give a sermon. But I am going to tell you, because I was invited to share with you a little about my summer and how I chose to love God, Um, because it's, Pastor Steve is right, it's a choice. We have this choice to go out of our comfort zone. We have a choice to go out of our availability sometimes um, and just step out into something that's unknown, something that we're unsure of, but we're so secure in. Um, I'm going to have some pictures that are just kind of up, um, and it's going to help illustrate briefly. There's only a few faces, but my trip to Ukraine this summer. Um, but let me, let me preface it. Last year, I went to Ukraine through a team from my school, Zuzu Pacific, um, against my will, basically. Well, it wasn't against my will, but like I signed up to, or I put in applications to go abroad, um, and Ukraine was my last pick. And I basically was just humoring a friend who was leading a team there, and push comes to shove. Um, I didn't get on to any of the teams except for that one because there was a little behind-the-scenes work and God was telling people, oh, he doesn't need to go to Micronesia. He needs, and my friend was like, he needs to come with us. So I did, and I went to Ukraine and I fell in love with uh, most everybody that was there. In fact, there is um, little about the place that I didn't enjoy. Um, so that aside, that kind of prefaces this summer. Uh, I'm eager to go back this whole last year in preparation. I can't get it off my mind. It's kind of like when Joyce kissed Steve. It was just on his mind. This was on my mind, and I could not shake it. So I'm like, God, I'm going to go back spring semester, and I'm going to do some independent study, and I'm just going to make it work. I'm going to internship out there or something with the graphic arts field. I'm going to make it work. Uh, so, you know, use me, because I'll make, I'll make it happen. Like, it's, it's fine, right? Um, he didn't. <laughs> Funny. Uh, so, it comes to about summertime, and I'm thinking, I'm going to go to Ukraine this summer. I mean, that's the logical choice, because I need to get back to see my kids. Um, wasn't working out. And so, I just gave up on it. And that's my Dasha. I'll get to her in a second. That's my Dasha. I'm pointing to another screen that you can't see. Um, So I'm like, all right, God. I guess I'm just going to work three jobs because I can't afford to go to this school anyway. So um, that's my plan. I plan on, in my desperation, it was kind of like Moses and all the Israelites, and they finally, they were shown the promised land. They They were told about it, at least. And then they're in the desert, and they're kind of just losing hope. And um, when I was in my own little desert, God said, all right, now's the time. And he was really humorous in it because he just started shooting emails through other people to me um, from Ukraine saying that they need me back. And within four days, I bought a plane ticket. And with four weeks, I was out in Ukraine for two months. And it was 
my choice to love God, and bear with me, I'm not a theologian, like I said, was to love the God in other people or to love his creation because we're made in his image. Um, my love for God exceeded my own ability to get out to Ukraine um, and just to trust that he was going to move mountains and work miracles in my own life and in the life of these kids. Um, when you love God, he breaks your heart, and he breaks your heart for all the right reasons. You can kind of see my Dasha up there. Um, she's my little girl. Uh, I'm going to go back and see her again. Uh, my love for God is constant in that I now have connection. It's that 360 thing. Like I have connection to these people and the God in these people. Um, this is really last minute and thrown together, and I was just going to show or share with you just a little about my trip. But uh, Pastor Steve said something that is permanently with me for the rest of my life. Uh, a while ago, he said that um, he start, started preaching on love and what love is. First Corinthians 13 gives a pretty good example of what love is, um, and without love. We are nothing. So without God and the love for God, I would be, I wouldn't, I mean, all these good deeds in Ukraine would mean absolutely nothing. So I'm just going to end by saying, um, be open. Be open and then be willing to be let down and then be brought back up again because that's how you know God's working and that's how you know you're on the right track, I think. So, Pastor Steve. Thank you. How's your love life? How's your love life with the Lord? How do you express your love to God? Tommy shared very briefly about this summer his expression to God of love by giving up his summer here and going to Ukraine to be a part of a mission work and outreach to folks there. Um, Jackie's doing uh, something here, and I think she's expressing her love to God through art. Pastor Eddie talked about 40 days of communities coming up, and in that we are going to connect with each other, we're going to connect with God, we're going to connect with Scripture. So there's another way to express your love to God, but how would you say, if someone said, oh, you love God, how do you express that love? What would you say? By doing God's work. Good. Thanks, Bill. Reaching out to others. Mm -hmm. There's no one right answer here. There are many, many answers. How do you express your love to God? Loving others? I was thinking about that this week, and so I put some things down. And again, you know, this is, uh, there's no, there's not a, an answer or four answers or eight answers. There are lots of ways you can express your love to God. But one way I put down that we express our love to God, and these are very simple ways, I like to keep it simple, uh, is to talk to God. You express your love to God by talking to God. What do we call that? Prayer. Yeah. And in your worship folder, I've jotted down a question or two, and the question on this one is, when do you pray? When do you talk to God? 
Now, uh, to reveal a little bit more than I would really like to reveal about myself, but I will go ahead and do this. Um, since we've talked about Joyce a bit, if, if things get really quiet in our house, Joyce will say to me, what's the matter? Because she realizes if I'm not talking, what's the matter? There's something wrong. And so if, if I get upset, uh, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to go off. I don't yell, scream, I don't throw stuff. It just never seemed very attractive to me. That's not how I'm wired. That's not a virtue of mine. It's just not how I'm wired. If I'm really upset, it's all going to come right in here. I'll just keep it to myself. I'll be very quiet. So, if Joyce says, what's the matter? Why aren't you talking to me? That's kind of a clue that there's a problem somewhere. Problem with me, problem between us, problem, at, you know, it's just something wrong. It's a, it's a signal. Now, the, I just give that example simply because when we're not talking to God or talking to someone we love, that's a problem. You talk to people you love. You can't help it. So just a question to you, when did you last talk to God? Uh, another thing I thought about, it's not just prayer isn't just talking to God. You express your love by what? Listening. Joyce would get pretty tired of Steve if all he did was talk. And she sometimes say to me, you're a preacher, you get paid to talk, don't talk to me, I'm going to talk now, you know. Push back. And there's a time to listen. And so the follow-up to that is, do you listen to the Lord? Now, you say, well, how does that work, Steve? Uh, this could be a whole series of sermons, but there are lots of ways to listen to the Lord. One of the reasons we emphasize small groups and Bible studies in fact, in class 201, which Pastor Eddie will teach this year, we talk about the habits of healthy Christians, and one of those habits is prayer. You talk to God, you listen to God, you open the book. I listen to God as I read His Word. I listen through the Spirit. I hope the Lord speaks to you today here in this place, that you're listening. Uh, I have a friend I meet with regularly, and I, uh, he's, uh, he mentors me. He speaks back to me. I think God speaks through him to me. I'm all ears when I'm with Bob. I share my life with him, and he talks to me, and I listen, and God speaks too. Now, I want to ask you an important question, and I hope you will really wrestle with this. Um, I'm blessed to be a pastor, and I thank you for the privilege of sharing pastoral ministry here. And I'm blessed because I can come in here, and I've often come in here, it's dark in the morning, and right back over here on the second floor, we have a prayer chapel. And I go in there and pray. I've spent hours in there. I don't mean hours at a time, I mean if you add them all up. Don't get the wrong idea. But it's a great place I can go, and that's my place of prayer. Now you say, well, Steve, I work in the business world downtown or something. I, I don't have a chapel to go to. Probably you do, you just haven't looked it up. But... Um, I have a place at home that is where I sit to pray and listen to God. And what I want to encourage in your life, that one way we express our love to the Lord, and I don't know of any exception to this, that there are people who are deep followers of Jesus, they have a time and a place to pray. Just mark it down. And when they pray, they're always giving thanks. Paul, in his letters, always says thank you. He can't pray without talking to God and saying thank you. So just a thought, as you express your love to the Lord, if you said, Steve, I really do love the Lord, my question is, when did you last love the Lord? By talking to Him and listening to Him. And do you have a regular pattern to do that? Now, a couple other things. 
Um, you're going to love the Lord also by giving to the Lord. Tommy gave up his summer. And we, there are all ways to, all kinds of ways to give. Just a thought, if you show me your checkbook, I'll talk, I can tell you what you love. Hmm. This is not a sermon on money, but uh, if you show me your checkbook, I think I can tell you what you love. Joyce and I were gone a lot this summer. MGM, this new plan we have, we were able to give every time we needed to give to the church because it's automatically taken out of our checking account. If you don't have that set up, it works really well. You don't forget that way. There's, I heard, I've never had the courage to do this in church, but I heard about a pastor who said, ushers, come forward. They're all standing there. And he said, now let's pray. And here's what he prayed. Lord, no matter what we say or do, here is what we think of you. <laughs> I'll move right along. Another way we express our love to the Lord is by giving. And the last comment I would put down is, and, and I think this captures everything you've said and that I could say, we express our love to the Lord by desiring to please the Lord. By desiring to please the Lord. When you love someone, you want to please them. You lay awake at night thinking up ways you can please them. And when you don't please them, you're genuinely hurt. You're sad that you failed, and we do that too. Because when we love someone, we want to please them. That's called obedience, I think, to the Lord. But our love for the Lord is shown in this way of uh, pleasing the Lord. Now, Jackie's been over here uh, working away. Before I get to uh, Jackie, we put this in the bulletin, a little blurb about Abraham Lincoln. And uh, I hope you take time to read these. We'll put them in every month. It has to connect with Christian history. But it's interesting, uh, there's a blurb in there that uh, our observance of Thanksgiving, which is coming right up, was started in 1863 by Abraham Lincoln in the middle of the Civil War. He said it's, we need to stop and give thanks. There's also an interesting article, especially at this season of politics, if you can read this sidebar comment about whose side is God on. Uh, very interesting comments by a great president. Anyhow, Jackie's been over here working away, and um, one way we express our love to the Lord is by using the talents God has given us in God's service, to offer that up. The great example that you've all heard about in the movie Chariots of Fire, Eric uh, Liddell was a runner, and he also was a Scottish Presbyterian, supposed to be a missionary. There was some controversy in his own family about him running in the Olympics rather than going to China to serve as a missionary. And uh, Eric Liddell said, when I run, I feel the pleasure of God. God is pleased with me. That's the idea. That what you do, the gifts you've been given, are offered up as your love gift to the Lord. And you say, Lord, I feel your pleasure when I do this. And Jackie's uh, painting here and uh, blessing us and offering this up to the Lord. A few weeks ago, she was working with our Sunday school kids. And uh, they were painting. And she said, uh, why do we paint? And the answer, of course, was very deep. To have fun. And as she pressed them a little bit about painting, certainly it was to have fun, and they were having lots of fun, but she also helped them realize as they put those colors and shapes on the page, they were expressing joy. Did you notice that was so cool when we were singing the song we started off with? What was this? Uh, joyful, joyful, we adore thee, and the red flowers started popping out over here. That was cool. Um, we use painting, the kids put their colors down. If you see a little kid paint and they're using all dark colors, you, you know what's going on, don't you, in that child. 
the shapes they do, the colors they use. And so we can express these things to God. So again, this morning, I, I simply want to ask you, how's your love life? How's your love life with the Lord? And we have an opportunity to, the praise team's going to come, we have an opportunity to express our love to the Lord right now by singing. And I want to remind you that, uh, in fact, you can say it with me, Jesus and Moses said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your what? With all your what? With all your what? Heart. Come on. With all your heart. Thank you. Now we're getting the idea. With all your soul and with all your mind. So why don't you stand up and let's love the Lord our God. Let's have a great love life as we worship the Lord.